Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Active Quest episode 20. Holy shit, we've been doing this 20 weeks. That is something. Uh, um, I am your host, Joseph Yaden, and today we have a packed show. Uh, so there's a lot going on today. Uh, Chris is out. R.I.P. Chris. No, he's not dead. He just, uh, <laughs> he's, uh, what happened to him, Josh? Is he sick or? He lost his voice. It is, yeah, his throat. He lost it. I hope he finds it. Um, yeah. So, so, t- <laughs> so today uh, I'm with uh, Josh Nichols, of course. How are you, Josh? Oh, I'm good. Oh, hey, Josh, I've got something for you. Here you go. Ooh. Guess what that is. Ooh, is that a LaCroix? That is a LaCroix. Dude, everyone hates a LaCroix, but it tastes <laughs> great, and there's, like, nothing in it. And, of course, uh, well, not of course, This is we have a guest today. We have two guests. So, we've got uh, David Lozada. Did I say that right, David? Lozada? You did. You did. You could do, it like, a little Spanish flavor. Lozada. 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 Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, and so, you're a, a features writer at Game Revolution, which, interestingly I enough, am. is also uh, is owned by a mandatory who owns PlayStation Lifestyle. So, we're kind of, like, cousins in a way, right? That's you guys right. Are corporate yeah. cousins. Yeah. And, That's right. Mm-hmm. And also, you're co-host of Time Hop Podcast, and we've been doing a little bit of cross-promotion there, so that's been kind of interesting. Um, how are things, mm-hmm. David? They're doing really well, really well. I'm can't can't say I, I just saw Endgame, so I'm really still kind of riding that that excitement. But we'll talk Dude, more I'm about yeah, that you, later. You guys you. are yeah. welcome to you guys are welcome to talk about that later. I don't know that I'll contribute much to that conversation because I don't right. really know anything mm-hmm. about all that. But I really quick for any listeners, we won't spoil anything. Don't worry, yeah. no, that's, we won't. that's not yeah. cool to do. And mm-hmm. um, uh, second guest we've got today is Tim Ronan. Hello, Tim. How are things? Hello. They're okay. And, and just so everybody knows, you are a contributor at Ke- uh, Keen Gamer, and you're also a co-host at Time Hop Podcast as well, right? That is correct. Awesome. Thank you both for joining today, by the way. Uh, yeah, thanks, I know guys. the scheduling. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having yeah, us. Yeah, the scheduling was a little... Everyone go check out Time Hop Podcast, too. They've got good stuff. Yeah, and you guys do mostly, it's like like retro discussions, right? Yeah, so we do a little bit of retro, and we do... Our main topics are retro games. Like, we just, we just did uh, Final Fantasy VI... But we also like kind of um, preface, preface that with uh, gaming news. So uh, we went over uh, some things that like we go over a lot, like like controversial stuff, like Anthem, <laughs> right. like when that happened. 
Oof, that was that was fun and like Fallout seventy six. That was that was also a lot of fun. Yeah, right? those were like those are like uh, modern day like catastrophe. Like okay, everyone's like, where were you <laughs> yeah. when the bombs dropped in Pearl Harbor? It's like where were you in Anthem release? Where were you? Do you remember? That's right. You know, That's it's like right. a thing now. Yeah, um, exactly. So yeah, it's a little bit like hopefully the Anthem's like the, the division, like the first one, where like eventually it's yeah. like the coolest. A thing year ever. later, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's pretty rough. Um, it has potential. And not to put you both on the spot, uh, but Tim, what's your favorite game of all time? Uh, uh, Minecraft. Sure, we'll go with that. Really, that's interesting. Hey, Minecraft is good, yeah. Minecraft is actually a really good one because it's one that you can just play forever, basically, right? I mean, it's like limitless. Basically. So that's I a mean, cool one. If you like that kind of thing, then yeah. But if not, then yeah, probably not. And and I I don't I remember there was this story a couple years ago where somebody made like an iPhone in the game that was that you could like actually use. I don't know if you saw that. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, like you could like jump on it to like, you like, know, it's to like make, touch screen to make calls. Yeah. I still remember when somebody made like a fully working emulator that played like Pokemon Blue and yeah, Red. That and that was, was just really the craziest cool. thing so, ever to me. No, that's a really respectable favorite game of all time. I I think that's like optimal favorite game. So, yeah, interesting. Um what about you, David? Mine would be Spyro the Dragon. I love that game. Really? That game is fantastic. <laughs> I, really? It was, it was the first game I ever played, and it was the game that kind of made me fall in. Well, it wasn't the first game. I played uh, Metal Gear Solid with my dad way back when. And then like I was like, I want to play something that's for me because I don't really understand this game very much. And I was like four or five. So I was like, I don't understand what's going on here. There's some guy in a wetsuit and okay. Uh, and then and then like I started playing Spyro and the platforming and all that and the the gem collecting and that stuff. I, it was something that was very vibrant and I I vibed with. And since then, it's just been my favorite game of all time. Yeah, Not the a, greatest it's a good game, game, but yeah, yeah, no, yeah it's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. It really is. It doesn't get enough credit in the world building that it did. I don't think like it's got yeah. a lot of really good atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt like one right. of those platformers that gave you more context and reasoning for what's going on. Yeah. And it's contemporaries, you know? And I love Crash and, and, and Mario, and I'm just naming its contemporaries. Right. But, like, they didn't really give you as many reasons and as much, like, of a world. You know, whereas Spyro right. was like, you exist in this whole world, and here's all these things going on. You know, and I thought that was really cool mm-hmm. then and now, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, with the with the recent remasters, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to take take this over, but, like, with the recent remasters, it's kind of like, it, it feels like it's it's a game that's, meant to be fun just for the sake of having fun you know what i'm saying like a lot of games these days they feel like uh for lack of a better term like business yeah models. Like, especially like anthem is like built on a business model right. like uh divisions built on a business model spyro oh, feels yeah, interesting whereas spyro like, let's just go place. have fun and do this stuff yeah. let's just have fun you know let's just do these silly things and whatever and that's what yeah. i kind of how i kind of interpret the series the franchise in general that's why i love it so much yeah but i'm with you it's, it's a Joseph's very personal thing so good at sekiro that's how he is He's <laughs> like i'll just go i'll just go fight some bad guys it's whatever you know i don't know right, about all right, that right. i got my ass kicked a lot um all right so uh we've got a lot of news this week and god it just seems like every week there's like this gigantic story, you know, like it's either like upsetting or whatever, just like crunch stories. So we'll, we'll get into some of that. Um, yeah, every week, Chris and you and I are like, well, next week probably won't be as yeah. busy. And then there's always something right. there. Yeah. So uh, Persona, of course, got uh, a couple of announcements that we'll get into. There's a Muso game there instead of what everybody wanted, which was Persona 5 on Switch. And then Persona 5R <laughs> was announced too. Uh, Bloodborne board game uh, got kickstarted. So we'll talk about that. Uh, and then a couple of N- Nintendo Switch things. Now, there is one story that I really wanted to make sure that we covered this week, and that's the Mortal Kombat 11 microtransaction story. So we'll get into that. 
Uh, Square Enix announced their uh, E3 times, so we'll talk about that too, um, as well as some more NetherRealm Mortal Kombat stuff, so we'll get into all that, and then we'll end the show with uh, what we've all been playing. Um, I've been playing a lot of Days Gone, and uh, that's sort of a story in and of itself because of the reviews and everybody sort of being, I don't know, upset with each other, Divided. yeah, butting yeah. heads, that kind of thing, so we'll talk about that. And then uh, I want you guys to talk about uh, Endgame because I think that's a really important thing, and uh, yeah, and then w- <laughs> I'm excited. Was it was it today? I think we just got news of that it it made 1.2 billion dollars this weekend, right? In five days, yeah. like that is insane. So, For context, Infinity War made that same amount in 11 days, less than half. Yeah, so really interesting. Wow. Um, so I'll let, oh. so you guys have at it when we get to the end of the show to talk about that. Um, yeah. okay, so you guys ready to talk about some news? Hell yeah! Yeah. Okay. So let's just start with the with the we've got two Persona stories here. Um, they announced Persona Five R, which is uh you know the PS4 sort of I don't know it's kind of like Persona Four Golden, right? Where there's like extra stuff coming out and all that. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah. Oh. Well, it it, it it's it's kind of like uh, well it, yeah I mean pretty much like it, it's a new stage right a new area in Tokyo right. A new protagonist. Well, I don't think Golden had a new... Oh, it, it did. did. Yeah, it, the, it, it had... The detective girl. Yeah, so right? it did have... Yeah. Uh, Naoto, I think, maybe was Naoto, new to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I didn't play the original one, but um, yeah, it it did have some extra goodies. And then just like quality of life changes, you know? Um, exactly. So yeah, yeah. this will be out uh, in 2020, I believe. And then we've got an article pulled here uh, with the trailer, and we can link to that in the description. Uh, but yeah... It sort of was what people, I guess, were expecting, right? Just like a, you know, extra stuff, a little improvements here and there, maybe some new dungeons, that kind of thing. Um, are you guys Persona fans at all? Did you play Persona Five? I am. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know anyone else. Uh, I think it's just me. No. Uh, I, I haven't. I want to. I was actually going to use what I thought was going to be announced for a Switch port to be like, cool. I'm going to play it now. But I mean, I, I still will. It's just I was gonna get on it like immediately. For me, the big thing is like this game's massive, and everybody I hear that loves it says, "Man, I love this game," but it's like really, really long, and it took a lot of time to kind of like get into or not get into, but you know, uh, experience. Yeah. And so right. I thought like I'd just play it here and there, kind of constantly in the Switch. So that's the only reason I'm bummed about it. Like I'll still play it in PS4, but right. you know, I just I really want to be able to play it anytime yeah and but, that's that, yeah. So I, I'm that's interested. sort of the thing with that game. It's so big that like having it on the go is. Uh, really helpful to get through it because otherwise you're like tethered to your home system and if you're not home often, exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, what- i mean i i just i'm sorry i i just i i imagine myself when they when this these rumors start to circulate i imagine like those visuals like that kind of comic book e style and the 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 gameplay and stuff on that lcd screen mm-hmm. on the switch oh it would all pop and the colors would pop like the the switch does a really good job at that especially in handheld mode is what i'm referring to it does a really good job of kind of highlighting those visual aspects of it especially with anime i noticed of yeah. like a lot of these stylized cartoony games so that's what really kind of i feel uh i feel i'm i'm with you joss I, i'm kind of very remorseful that it, it isn't coming to the switch <laughs> just because it's it, it does it has a lot of, a ton of potential right so much and yeah and what about yeah. and the big thing too is i could just hit like sleep mode and like okay i'll pick it back up in a few right. hours that's but, true like, yeah. yeah and mm-hmm. and what about you tim uh, a fan of persona or is that one that you just couldn't get into or it's just it's something i've never actually tried before 
So. Okay. It's so what's interesting about the, those games is that it takes a minute to get into, but once you actually get into it, you're hooked. But it's yeah, it's really like it pushes back a lot. Uh, I mean, you always hear, oh, it's like hundred of you know hundred hours to get through it, whatever, and like in depth dungeons, and you have to pay attention to the story, otherwise, otherwise you won't get as much out of it. So it's one that you have to like be really invested in. And I just think mm-hmm. not having it on the Switch is kind of uh, makes it harder for people to get into it, right? Um, yeah. So, but speaking of of the Switch. Persona, there is a version of Persona 5, I guess, coming to Switch, but it's not the actual game. It's uh, Persona 5S or per- Persona 5 Scramble, um, the Phantom Strikers, which is basically a Dynasty Warriors Musou game. I I feel like that's, like, the biggest <laughs> troll in the world. Like, I, I mean, I don't know if you guys have... It, it's it's fine. Like that that'll be a fun game, I'm sure. It's just not what everybody was expecting and necessarily wanted. And like S, right? right. Persona Five S, uh, Switch. People thought the S was for Switch, right? So yeah, that was just like a big bummer when they announced that. And like, okay, let's look at it for what it is—a Persona Five Musou game. I'm sure, yeah, it'll be fine. The Fire Emblem uh, Dynasty Warrior games was fine. The Zelda one was fine. I just feel like when everybody's expecting Persona Five proper and they get that, it's just kind of like, ugh. And I mean, maybe we'll still get it. I mean, who yeah. knows? Maybe they're gonna tease it. Maybe, maybe that's why they were teasing. Is okay. So here's what I want to say really quick. If, if that's why they were trolling is because, like, they want us to get all upset and then later be like, ha, gotcha, it's still coming, fine. But if they're not doing that, then having that S in the name is kind of, uh, kind of led us all on, you know? <laughs> and that's not cool. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play devil's advocate here. And I'm going to say that a lot of this this Persona 5S disappointment, does it is somewhat of a product of hype. Yeah. You know, because because didn't, it, didn't they kind of... Um, they had a website up, and then they looked into the website, and they found something like a code for Persona 5S, right? Yeah, exactly. And then that's what started. I think this was very early this year or very late last oh, yeah. year. And so that's when people were like, okay, it's definitely coming to Switch because because we had known that Joker was coming to Smash. So they were like, they put two and two together, and they were like, okay, so it's definitely coming to Switch now. And then we had we were kind of building up hype all along. You know, with the with the Joker coming out and stuff like that, and and they were like, okay, so Joker's coming out, and then they're gonna they're gonna make the five S announcement that it's gonna come to Switch. Everything's gonna everything's gonna work in harmony together, and it's gonna be this glorious marketing campaign, whatever. And that's what we all imagined in our heads, but that didn't come out. So it didn't come out yeah, quite that way. So, so you're saying that we like sort of I, you know, brought it upon ourselves in a way, a little bit yeah. because they did tease it. They did tease five S. So like it is a little bit their fault, but. Eh, I don't know. You're saying we kind of picked it up and ran with it after doing a uh, kind of a, a digging for data type thing. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. A little bit. So, you know. Um, no wor- I have to ask, too. I don't know as much about Smash, so the people, didn't they kind of uh, either directly or inadvertently say that they're, they're going to have characters in the expansions, like the DLC for Smash, that aren't necessarily on Switch? Didn't they? I, I feel like I remember them saying on, that. They did. Yeah. yeah. I. That's what, I don't remember for sure, but I feel like I remember them saying, like, you know, the DLC characters, like, might not necessarily be, like, oh, these games are, these characters are represented already on Nintendo or, or Switch. Right. I, I, I could be wrong. Yeah. The thing that I think you're referring to is when Reggie announced Joker, like, the, the way that he kind of uh, led up to the announcement of Joker and Smash at Game Awards last year was he said that the characters in it are some are going to be fighters that you will not expect at all. Yeah. You know, it would be very unexpected. So I don't think he specifically said that these are characters that are new, like are completely 
foreign to Nintendo consoles or whatever. I don't think he specifically said that, but that's something that I guess people are assuming that he alluded to. Um, yeah, that was my takeaway. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Right. So um, there's no release date for uh, Persona 5 Scramble um, on Switch. And by the way, it is coming to other consoles too. Um, but yeah, we'll maybe find out some more about that maybe at E3 or later this year. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. Probably. Um, mm-hmm. Joseph, I want to ask you, are, are you going to get Scramble? Because I know you're a massive yeah. Persona fan. Are you going to get that? And if you do, are you going to get it on Switch? Yeah, I probably will uh i don't know i have to see more on it like at this point it just i mean all we really know is that it's a persona 5 muso game right so like i'm not right usually... what's your what's your reaction eh. to that like are you excited not about really. that or i'm kind of like, disappointed nah. honestly i mean <laughs> i don't i'm not really a fan of the muso games normally anyway like uh even like zelda is one of my favorite franchises of all time and then playing the hyrule warriors was just like this is fine like it's cool that it's Zelda. yeah same and same so, yeah. like i don't know i played it was like eh. yeah yeah. It's just I feel like that, that. I feel like that formula is very like, and I don't mean to be, be racist or anything. My wife is Japanese, so I'm not being racist. But like, <laughs> but I feel like it's a very like Japanesey genre, like the Muso style type of thing. And it it really is catering towards a Japanese audience because those things are, whoa, like fabulously popular in Japan, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're making these port these all these ports like Nintendo's allowing Koei Mode to do. Uh, Hyrule Warriors, and then they did the Fire Emblem one, which whose name I completely forgot. Uh, you know, Fire that, that shows Emblem how much. Warriors, I think. Oh, Fire... is it Fire Emblem Warriors? Something. I think so. Yeah, I think it <laughs> had if, a if only a there was title. a way we could look it up. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we'll never know. <laughs> if only we had the internet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, like it, I feel like these are very like these are things that are very much catering towards a Japanese audience, and I don't know if they're necessarily for Western audiences. I think the goal here is to make a lot of money in Japan, yeah. and then they'll make a little more, you know, overseas if they want. Like to. it's it's worth an, it's worth it to put it here, but like that's not where they're making the yeah, money, right? right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I just looked it up too. It is Fire Emblem yeah. Warriors, Joseph. So oh, yeah, okay. so interesting stuff. Um, we'll see how that all plays out. I think it'll sell well, and I think everything will be fine, and maybe eventually we'll get Persona Five on Switch. Um, so yeah, let's move on here. Uh, I just wanted to touch on this story just because it, it's something that I'm really into. Uh, I love Bloodborne and there's a Bloodborne, uh, board game coming out. Um, now that, not to be confused with the card game, there's already a card game, um, that, uh, I actually own a copy of. Um, this is totally different. This has like little figures and stuff. It's a proper board game. Um, it got kickstarted and it is making millions of dollars on Kickstarter. So I've got a story here, um, from Kotaku. Uh, this is by Luke, uh, Plunkett. And it reads, quote, the easiest road to millions on Kickstarter is to release a board game based on a popular property and fill the box with miniatures. Latest case in point, a Bloodborne game has raised almost 1.6 million in just a few days. Uh, and then there's an edit here. It says, quote, uh, OK, I'm in Australia and the price defaulted. Oh, OK, yeah, there was a change here. Um, it, it defaulted at 2.5 million. But since there's an exchange rate from Australian. It's actually 1.6 million in US dollars. Um, and then it goes on. Of course, it helps that uh, one of the designers is Eric Lang, creator of some final, uh, some of final, sorry, <laughs> creator of some of Fantasy Flight's best card games and uh, the Bloodborne card game from a couple years ago. That's the one I just mentioned. And that it's trying to be uh, a faithful adaptation of what the video game is all about. Um, but it also helps that the box is full of plastic monsters and that they look badass. I dig the combat, which is uh, trying very hard to match the intricate timing and strategy of the digital experience. Um, there are still 19 days to go on this, so I'd expect that 1.6 million figure to look uh, pretty small by the end of it. Cool. 
Yeah, so I don't know if you guys are interested in a Bloodborne board game. I probably will get it just because I love Bloodborne. Uh, am I the only like really big Bloodborne fan here? I mean, I I love what I played. I just haven't had time to give it the attention that it deserves. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I'm I'll probably get the board game. Yeah, it looks interesting. Just because I love the game or what what I played rather. Right. You know? What about you? Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, Josh. Like, I I like the game. I've only played like the opening. And mm-hmm. I like it. I love the setting, the gothic, uh, yes, Victorian. Same. Yeah, the I setting's love very it. cool. Love it. But, but I think the I have not Souls games. Yeah, sorry. And Bloodborne are the same kind of like they have the same problem where you, you can't say how many hours you put into it because that means nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like I probably played ten hours of it, but I'm ten minutes into what Joseph could do. <laughs> well, you know, like I don't wanna... may, may, okay, maybe an hour. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like it's I know it's what just, you mean. Yeah. Most games you can say like, oh, I played this much, and like immediately you're like, oh, so you're probably right around here. But like for those games, that doesn't mean right. anything. And then, yeah. and what about yeah. you, Tim? Have you played Bloodborne, or is this exciting to you? I've played like. It was like a few years ago I played it, maybe an hour or two, but I really <laughs> love the Souls games, so yeah. I mean, I, I would probably I'd probably have Bloodborne if it wasn't a, a PS4 or a PS exclusive. Is it still the case? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a, That's exclusive to the PlayStation. It was free on PlayStation Plus like last year, I think. Yeah. So, oh, so mm-hmm. you don't own a PlayStation? I do not. Okay, uh, gotcha. Uh, yeah, I mean, God, uh, it's one of, like, if you really like the Souls games, obviously, right? It's, like, definitely, it's, like, made by the same people, but, yeah, I think it's really cool that they're doing a a board game for it. This would be interesting if we all were, like, going to E3 or something like that to play, uh, like, a Bloodborne board game together. I think that would be so fun. Oh, man. Um, It would be fun, yeah. Are any of you guys going to E3? I know, Josh, you're not going, right? But anybody? I am. Oh, you are? Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't know when when that's supposed to drop. It won't be out by E3, but I do have that Bloodborne card game. I don't know. Maybe we can arrange something. That sounds like it would be fun. Mm, that sounds fun, yeah. <laughs> and then, Why not? And, and Tim, are you going to E3 this year? Uh, no, I don't think so. It's really overwhelming, man. Like, <laughs> it's a whole thing. So I don't blame you for not wanting <laughs> to go. It's really expensive and just it's really chaotic. Um, but speaking of E3... Uh, let's move on to a little bit of Nintendo news here. Um, so there were rumors um, that, you know, obviously there's a bunch of new Switch models coming out. I don't know that, you know, that hasn't, I guess, been confirmed, but a lot of people have been talking about that. And uh, so it has been confirmed that there are no plans to unveil a cheaper Switch at E3, um, which I think is really good to know. Like, you know, that way it sort of keeps everybody from getting overly hyped. And then when the direct happens and there's no mention of it, then everybody gets pissed. So I think it's good to, like, let people know what's up ahead of time. Just sort of temper Mm -hmm. expectations. Uh, Were you guys of the mind that uh, that there would be a a new Switch model coming out uh, or being announced at E3 this year? Is that something you guys thought? I remember seeing rumors about it, and I was intrigued about a potentially more powerful Switch. I am not interested in a smaller, less powerful uh, handheld only. I remember the rumors saying yeah. uh, type switch. That's not that doesn't appeal to me. I like the current model a lot. I wouldn't want to go less than what it, we already have. Mm-hmm. But I, I see the appeal for parents. I remember the 2ds sold really oh well my God. for parents when I was at GameStop. Like yeah. parents love that because there's no hinges. You know, so I see the appeal. I'm surprised they're not doing it. Well, just to be clear, they're not saying that they're not doing it. They're just saying that at E3, they they don't have any plans. Oh, to true, true. It. So, so that the I mean. 
I think it's a no-brainer that they're doing it. It's just they wanted to. Yeah, it'll probably come out around the holidays. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think I think this is not an E3 story. You know, this is not an E3 announcement. This is a oh true middle of summer announcement. Mm-hmm. You know, just before the holidays or like early fall announcement. Hey, we got a new Switch model. In case you want to pick it up, it's yeah, for right. the kids. And then you know, launch, something launch like that. it in holiday. Exactly. Yeah, because most like people that are like excited for E three have no interest in a smaller, less powerful no. Switch. Probably. Yeah. No, these are hard. These are hardcore gamers. That's a great point. Hardcore, quote unquote. So, like, yeah, why would point. they care? You know, like they already like they already have a Switch. If if anything, they'd care about maybe a a, a, a hardware upgrade, like a like a, like a more expensive like that. model, like a like yeah. like a PS four Pro or <laughs> Xbox One, whatever, something like that. But even then, I'll I buy a more powerful one that like has faster load times, bigger internal storage to combine with my SD card, and then also like honestly, I pay a hundred dollars more for like double battery. Oh my life. god, like, that's yes. my only complaint the about their life. Switch is the battery yeah. life is mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. with you on that. Um, and so, uh, David, do you own a Switch currently? I do not own a, a Switch. No, I live by, I work by uh, Nintendo NYC though. Oh, nice. It's not, it's not NY, Nintendo NY. It's called, it's called Nintendo NY. There you go. Uh, and I live there. I not live there. I, I almost live there. <laughs> I would love I to work, live there. <laughs> I, I, work, I work so much that I almost live there. Yeah. No, um, I, I work right by there that uh, I go there all the time and I'm always playing on whatever. That's interesting. You just uh, go use their yeah. Switch for free and then you don't have to buy one. That's <laughs> pretty, kind of funny. Pretty yeah. much. Most people don't have that. Uh, and yeah, and yeah. what about you, Tim? Do you own a Switch? I don't own a Switch, but I would really like to get one at some point. So if they do put out a smaller version, less expensive version, would that be something you would jump on, or would you just go with the regular model? I, I thought about that, and maybe at first it seemed like it'd be kind of cool, but I don't know. I, I guess depending on like what the full specs and everything and all the yeah, details are. Yeah, I guess that's a good I answer. Like go It depends on... Yeah. Can I ask you guys what like what like what 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 would make you guys be like oh I gotta go buy one now is is it is it software is it just uh, specs like what's what's holding you and uh, David back to him from like getting a from getting one right now. right now yeah like what's what's made you be like I'll get one later oh maybe. just money <laughs> mm, yeah okay fair I mean you know fair yeah, yeah. and that's why I mean for that's why I think for it, me it's oh uh, sorry go ahead I was just gonna say that's why I think it like putting out a less expensive model could be enticing right because. Uh, I mean, it, people have different values. Like, okay, uh, you know, PS4 might be worth it, but maybe a Switch isn't. But for 200 bucks, maybe a Switch is worth it. So, you know, that's why I think it could be smart to do that. Um, but anyway, sorry, go ahead, David. No, for me, it's it's just oversaturation. Like, I feel like there's just... The, the Switch has all of these ports and stuff like that and, and stuff like that that... I just repeated myself. That I don't feel like is very worthwhile to me because I, I don't know. I, I feel like I would, I would just rather play, you know, Dragon's Dogma or something on PS4 and just get that experience. Yeah. There. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel, I don't, I don't really see myself playing these games on the go because of the battery life. Cause I know I have a lot of friends mm-hmm. who, who, who do, you know, uh, own a switch and the number one complaint is the battery life. And, you know, I live in New York yeah. city and I, I'm on the train sometimes, and it, it, it won't last even, you know, for, for, for a day. So yeah. I, I don't feel like it's worth it. And I, I'd rather just put the, that time when I come back home and devote that time there. I don't know. It just, My sister-in-law lives in New York City, and I think that's, yeah. from what I gather, I think that's why she hasn't brought Resident Evil Switch with her that often, is like, it's cool to play, but, you know, I think, I think, I think that's why, because she's mentioned that it doesn't really work for, I'm, I'm assuming that's why. 
But yeah. um, yeah, no, I, I agree though. Like that would that that that's kind of the the mobile adult that's on the go all the time. Like that that would be the biggest holdup. Is do I really want to bring this with me? Just yeah. to play it for thirty minutes, three different times, then oh, batteries at twenty percent. I'll turn yeah. it off. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so maybe when they do put out uh, a different version that has maybe possibly better specs, then I think that might be a better opportunity for you guys to jump on because, yeah, all of your criticisms are valid for it. And yeah, like three hundred bucks is a lot of money, or however much it, you know with the game and everything. It's it's a lot. So especially when you already mm-hmm. have uh, PlayStation and Xbox and stuff. So it's totally understandable. Especially if you're only like, I only want to play these these you know three or four games. You know that that yeah. can be kind of a big price to yeah, entry. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, let's move on here. This is a uh, okay. This is one that I wanted to cover because it's just this sort of interesting, weird situation. Um, okay, so let me give everybody some context. Uh, there was a report um, earlier last week, um, basically that uh, was covering the microtransactions in Mortal Kombat 11, and. It, what it came down to was that if you did all the math uh, and you know you added up the amount that it would cost for every character's skins in the game, it would cost six thousand four hundred forty dollars, and that was a story that everybody ran with. Um, we reported on it on PlayStation Lifestyle, IGN reported on it, all these you know reputable websites reported on this. Well, later that night. Uh, Ed Boon, uh, co-creator of the series, um, tweeted out, and this is a quote from Ed Boon, quote, LOL, OMG, the 6,440 story is complete bullshit, laughing emoji. <laughs> um, where, do, where do these people get their information, winking emoji? Uh, the vast, vast majority of MK11 skins are not for sale. That's not how NetherRealm makes games. You have to earn them in-game and then hashtag fact check before reporting. Okay, fair enough. I don't like how aggressive his response well, it was, was per- it personally. It was aggressive, but also weirdly like passive aggressive too. Like, the, like the emojis do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, yeah. and he didn't like expand on it really. He just said basically you're wrong, and you have to earn them in game. Yeah, okay, he didn't really give any context. Like, like, okay, give us the context. Well, okay, yeah. well, then what's the story? So that's that's what I wanted to touch on. Number one, I wanted to make that correction and say, yep, uh, apparently we fucked up, and a lot of other outlets fucked up, and I think it's important to to note, you know, to acknowledge that when that happens. But I think maybe the bigger issue here is that it's it shouldn't be that complicated to know whether or not you can buy something in game, right? Like. And then aside from all that, okay, say it doesn't cost $6,440 and you earn them all in game. Well, there was a section of that report. Uh, let me pull the story here. Okay, yeah, this is and this is from me, by the way, this story on PlayStation Live. So um, it reads, quote, in the, in the original report, uh, we noted that it would take around 3,390 hours to unlock all the, skin, uh, all the skins simply by playing the game, which still holds up at this time. Um, however, yeah, that was my big thing. He didn't, he didn't provide any, okay, how much time does it take then? Uh, so Hmm. if I keep going on here, it says, um, however, NetherRealm Studios is currently working on a more balanced experience for both Towers of Time and Crypt to make it less of a grind uh, to earn items in game. This, uh, this update should roll out soon and we'll let you know when it goes live. Uh, so yeah, that's the other thing I wanted to touch on. Like you said, okay, you can't purchase all of it. Cool. You're going to earn it all in game. Well, that's like over 3,000 hours. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, that's not. I could play Persona 5 twice. You could play Persona 5 you know? like, 30 <laughs> times. Like, that's yeah. ridiculous. Like, so, okay. Yeah, we messed up, I, I guess. And I would like I would like more of an explanation on how all that works. Because um, 
like I was saying before we started the show, there's not like a store. I don't think that you can just like go and just buy everything that's available. I think you have to like unlock the ability to buy it first, which is why it's nebulous on whether or not you can just straight up purchase X, Y, Z, whatever. Yeah. Um, So Hmm. I know, Josh, you were pretty invested in this story, too. Um, Did you guys at Game Revolution touch on this? Uh, David, uh, I don't write news, so I don't. Okay, you didn't <laughs> see. Okay, but but I, I did. I do know of this. Um, I know in particular. I think even Angry Joe uh, did did a video yeah. on this, like a video essay on this. It was it was something that was really contentious, you know, in the industry last this past week. Right. Um, as far as my and I, opinions concerned about it, I, I do feel like, and, and I, I am going to play devil's advocate again and i'm, I'm going to uh, touch on what you mentioned earlier i do feel like it is a sensationalist story for the sake of being a sensational yeah, story exactly um and and you know driving clicks because that's we're all very aware of that <laughs> you know that, that that's the our bread and butter yeah. so um i do feel like there is that aspect there but i feel like on the opposite spectrum i am in pr i do work my full-time job is in pr and Where's where where's the the press release here? Where's the statement? Yeah, that's this clarifying? tweet is it, it's it's not really helpful. Like all it says is you're wrong, which okay, we're wrong. All right, we admit that. But can you shed some light on it so we can report the story here? Like he just isn't doing a good job. Right. And these emojis and everything, it's just I don't know, man. Where's but it's not that it's it's where's the professionalism? Yeah. Here? You know, like where yeah. I know Ed Boone, he's he's known for his unprofessionalism. I mean, he's the creator of Mortal Kombat, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Like, you know, sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. But, like, <laughs> you know, he he's the... I know, I, I love you, Jesus. But, like, uh, you know, he's the creator of the series. Like, he didn't... He didn't... Uh, you know, he, he is known for this. But, like, at the same time, this is... This is not that type of this is not that type of industry anymore. This is a multi-million... I think billion-dollar billion, industry yeah. now. So, so, you have to formally say... And lay things out, you know, for the masses, saying this is this is how this is the business model that we've implemented <clears throat> using the microtrans. This is the microtransaction imp- model that we implemented in Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is the amount of time it'll take you to do this. This amount, especially in, in recent light with B- Star Wars Battlefront 2, with right. Anthem and all that nonsense that happened there before launch. You know, where where is this? I don't understand. There's, there's been a lot of issues with how this has been handled, and right. it, it doesn't make us really feel better. Yeah. Right. Where, so I just wanted this to. Is, sorry. Uh, this this is something that is also something that I am a bit at odds with in the gaming industry as a whole, and I don't mean to uh, make this more dramatic than what it is, but it, this is something that you know. I know it's about video games. I know it's electronic entertainment. I understand that aspect of it, interactive entertainment. I understand that, and it's it's mostly it's it's like a still viewed by the eyes of many people as a kids thing. But the fact of the matter is, is that this industry is it's really reaching a very mature point in the sense that people who were playing it initially on the on the NES, if you go back to the first generation NES, those aren't kids anymore. Those are grown ass adults, you know. So like, <laughs> yeah. it's it's time to think about this industry in a sense that. It, this is this is a powerhouse. This is this is something that makes a lot of money. This is a really uh, powerful uh, industry, and and I know I use industry twice in the same sentence, but it, it really is a, a powerful entertainment medium that rivals uh, television, film, in some ta- in some cases surpasses those media. So why are we still treating it as something that's less than that? Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
So yeah, yeah I just think that tweet was just ridiculous. Um, Tim, uh, I made that your... way more dramatic than than it needed to be. No, no, it's, it's <laughs> fair. Uh, I wanted to get a. No, no. I, oh, sorry. I meant like the tweet was more dramatic. I wasn't saying yeah. you were being dramatic, David. Uh, I no, just... no, no, no. Yeah, I, me too. I, I think I was being more dramatic than I needed to be, but so whatever. Dramatic, <laughs> yeah, uh, Tim, let me get your take on this. What did you think about this? Um. Uh, are, <laughs> yeah. Are... <laughs> Micro transactions. It's a lot to are, They're great. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I think we did the right thing, right? By like saying, "Hey, we messed up," but it's still unclear how it works. Like, is that how you would have handled that? Like, I don't know. Like, I just feel weird from like a journalistic point of view with this story, you know? Yeah, it, it's the just a weird, just a weird thing. But yeah, I, just looking at his tweet again, it's like I don't know. Maybe maybe not the way. Like, are you okay? Yeah, this is like the create like the creator of this series, like the head of this studio, right? And just for him, I don't know. Just it's weird. So I liked one of the things that uh, Andrew Reiner talked about too, and uh, it's just I like his take on this because he also reviewed the game and he enjoyed the game, but his criticisms, of course, are correct. One of the things he pointed out was uh, they 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 were very Nether Realms was very quick to be like, you know, hey, we're aware of the issue or we're working on the issues. We weren't aware of them during a. or they said something like, we hear you, and we're working on getting it fixed, um, but, but we also weren't aware of these issues. Well, if you were aware of the issues, then why don't you just prevent them? Wow. Yeah, you know? it could be. And then the other thing, too, is that they also, um, uh, the context thing's a problem for me. They didn't really provide any context when responding to you and other people reporting on it. And then I also don't like, uh, this is a big thing I think people need to understand, too. There's like five kinds of currency in this game. That's insane. Yeah. So that's most true. games that have microtransactions have like two currencies. Like, hey, this one isn't worth as much because you earn it in game, which we could talk about that for an hour. <laughs> and the other one is this one's worth more, but you bought right. it. Yeah. This one's got five kinds of currencies. That's crazy. Right. Yeah, however many. It's and it's, confu- it's confusing what, too. Like, what I don't. I just today when I was playing it, I was like, wait, do I use this one for? I was trying to figure out where I could spend stuff because I couldn't. I couldn't. It took me a little bit to figure out. You know where I could take everything. That was, and that that shouldn't be the case. It shouldn't like be. Like the new direction. Like soon it'll be like, oh, you got. Your twenty premium <laughs> currencies, you, you can only do them specific like, yeah, things. Yeah, and everybody's just thank God for Nintendo, who's just not doing any of this. Non- I mean, they have DLC, yeah. but they don't have any of this other weird yeah. stuff. Just buy you know? a game, you're good. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, well, let's move on here, just because I feel like we could talk about that for days. Uh, speaking of Nintendo, I just wanted to um, mention the updated uh, Nintendo Switch uh, release schedule for the year, and because a, a couple things have changed on it. So, one thing is Super Mario Maker 2 got a release date of June 28th, Yay. which is awesome. Um, I don't yes. know if this was previously announced or not, but uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses has a release date of July 26th. Um, Astral Chain, uh, which is uh, the new uh, Platinum that looks platinum fun. action game uh, comes out August 30th, and then the rest of these are uh, just you know uh, w- release windows. So Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, which I cannot believe is a Switch exclusive, comes out yes, uh, summer. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield is winter. Animal Crossing is just 2019. Uh, Luigi's Ugh. Mansion 3 2019. <laughs> uh, Link's Awakening remake 2019. And then here's the interesting part. Um, Bayonetta, which was previously expected to be a 2019 game, is now listed as TBA. Um, and then Metroid yeah. Prime, of course. Interesting. Just forget about that game because that's going to be a few years. Um, 
so interestingly, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Bayonetta 3, but it may not come out this year based on this report here. Uh, and then the other noteworthy thing, I think, is just that the Mario Maker 2 release date is pretty soon. So Reggie yeah. left, man. There's waves everywhere. Mm-hmm. Reggie was single-handedly developing Bayonetta 3, and then yeah, he left. exactly. Um, <laughs> so, That's it. Uh, so I know uh, both of our guests here, um, you know, you guys don't have Switches, but do, I mean... Are any of these games on here exciting for you? Like, I mean, you know, we've got Mario Maker. That's a good one. Or Pokemon. Uh, any of those jumping out at you? You know, when I go to E3 this year, I'm going to be playing Pokemon Sword and Shield all day <laughs> long. I'm going to be playing that crazy. I I, I like Pokemon games. Yeah, that's I haven't fun. played um, the, uh, the Lola ones, Sun and Moon. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> but I have I didn't play them yet. Um, but I did play almost every other iteration before that. Yeah. Uh, I am excited for the game. Uh, I, you know, I, I think the region is kind of cool. The It's Great Britain, you know. Yeah. I guess that's cool. It's <laughs> Europe again. Well, I guess that's cool. I, I think it's a system seller, yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, especially, like, a of core course. Pokemon game. Hell, yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it, they've been they've been doing really well business-wise, um, kind of coming up with system sellers for every year you know like they had mario odyssey first one smash the second and now they got pokemon the third i think they the way that they've been kind of positioning their games has been really excellent i agree with the switch and 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 they've they've been like staggering them out every couple months even the first year Mm -hmm. we got um zelda at launch then a few months later splatoon 2 and then a few months later we got mario odyssey i mean even just those three games alone i mean that's oh, a yeah, pretty good yeah, yeah. you know i think first, i think first party launch here the expert the expert kind of move was to do mario Kart 8 for switch um like what was it a month or two after the the console debuted because people were like okay like what's what's a good kind of game to pull everyone together to get people like even people who don't play games kind of attracted to this console yeah. and then so they, they 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 put that out right away boom and all these these audiences, even like I, I feel like they were. It was kind of like a Wii esque move, where it was kind of like their yeah. Wii Sports title, where they got all of like these people who typically don't play games to go on their console and say, "Hey, you know, maybe I'll get this for my grandkid. Maybe I'll get this for my kid." And that was an excellent move, right? Every and, yeah. and like you said, and like, I bought Mario Kart Eight on Switch immediately, even though I owned it on the Wii U. Just yeah, it's, well, it's a great game. God, the attach rate on that. It's like, it's like uh, for every two systems, I think somebody bought it or maybe even more yep. i don't know it, it's yeah it's the most it's like the highest attach rate uh, for the system so yeah it was really so cool. smart so smart to do that um so and then uh, before moving on here i just wanted to get your take on this tim uh so if you if you were to have a switch any were any, are any of these games on this list uh ones that you would jump on like pokemon or you know astral yeah Chain, definitely luigi's mansion which ones uh, jump out at you well like david um i would go for sword and shield I yep. haven't played. Uh, let's see. I last gen I played was five. Um, which one? Play, which one was that? DS um, or DS uh, black yeah. and white. Black and white. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I didn't. I haven't played Gen six or seven. I think I was just playing other things at the time. But I'm actually really excited for this. Um, and now it actually makes me want to go back and uh, do the other gens, like at, at some point. Like yeah that but um mm-hmm. also let's see uh link's awakening that's actually that actually looks really cool oh my I know god a lot of people a lot of people weren't too jazzed about 
the art style but i'm super excited it looks pretty for that. cool it looks fantastic yeah chris was uh, he didn't like the art style but i was trying to sell him on it because I, I just said it i said it's going to be timeless and all that yeah I, yeah i mean wind waker was why not mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh and and goombas too right yeah and the goombas yeah. hell yeah <laughs> they're coming uh, back <laughs> in, in in zelda yeah it's cool any other ones that jump out at you like uh animal crossing or i don't know like i luigi's mansion i have three animal crossings and I feel like I reached a point where it's like, eh, maybe that's enough. Like, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I, I, I really enjoyed Animal Crossing as a kid, but I guess these days I think about like the idea of going to play, and it's like, eh. yeah. There's like other games that do that, but there's like more to do. <laughs> yeah, it's like, a weird. It's kind of a weird game. Like Stardew Valley or something. Right. But, mm. No. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pose a question to you guys real quick, and it's a little bit well. It, it has to do with Nintendo Switch uh, release dates, but with Fire Emblem Three Houses, does anyone else feel like the excitement for that game has been waning? Well, ever since it, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it and released. I don't know if it's just that they aren't talking about it enough, or if yeah. too long has passed. Like it's just yeah, you're definitely right. But that's a day one buy for me. I love Fire Emblem so much, and it's one of those games. Me too. It's one of those games that is just like. It'll suck me in for just like. I've only played Awakening in a 3DS. That was my first one, but it was incredible. And as soon as I played that, I was like, I want to play this whole series. Right. Yeah, you know, Awakening was really good. Awakening really and good Fates were were amazing, and and I love them on 3DS. I didn't play the the remake. Oh, um, um, they I know did. what you're talking about. Uh, God, the name escapes me, but yeah, I know what you're talking. Yeah. about. Yeah. It's a really complicated name, I think. Um, and, but but I feel like they announced this game. People were excited, and then. It's not like they, but it's not like they're not releasing information about it because even like just past week there was information about it, like about the the main characters and I don't know, so on and so forth. And then they gradually revealed like who the uh, the the heads of the three houses were and stuff like that. But like nobody is kind of caring about it, so I'm kind of worried about it. I, I don't know. I, I feel like it, it it is kind of like an amalgamation of uh, 3D style, like that the new. I don't know, like, it, it is, like, almost an amalgamation of the way that the, the Zelda series is going and the way that the Mario series is going with Odyssey and, and um, what was the last Zelda game? Breath of the Wild. Uh, Breath of the Wild. Like, it is kind of, like, that that title for Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem you know? Yeah. Like, it is more open, it's bigger, it's, it's better visuals and stuff like that, but I don't know. Well, it's weird. <laughs> I, I think it'll still sell well because that uh, Fire Emblem yeah. fan base is crazy, and they'll they'll buy it up. So I don't, I'm not too worried, but I do agree with you that it doesn't seem like uh, the community is talking about it a lot. Like it doesn't seem like there's interest in it. But yeah. I, I think once it gets closer, and maybe after E3, people will be really excited. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, let's move on. I've got a couple more stories here, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll finish up with what we've been playing. Um, I just wanted to touch on this uh, World War Z story here. This is from uh, Vicky Blake over at Eurogamer. Um, World War Z performing, quote, way above expectations uh, on PC thanks to support from Epic Game Store, end quote. Um, so uh, once we cover this story, I'll just talk a little bit about World War Z because I reviewed it for PlayStation Lifestyle. Um, so this reads, quote, uh, World War Z developer Saber Interactive has suggested that its way above expectations sales on PC is down to its exclusivity agreement on the Epic Games Store. In a press release celebrating the zombie game hitting 1 million sales across PC and consoles in just a week, Saber Interactive CEO Matthew Karch said that the team was, quote, thrilled and thanked Epic for the, quote, support it has received, end quote. 
Um, and oh yeah, uh, quote uh, Saber is extremely thrilled by the performance of the game on all platforms. On the PC specifically, uh, we are performing way above expectations thanks to the support uh, we have received from the Epic Game Store. End quote. Uh, Kirch said uh, by way of press release, quote, moving forward, we'll continue to work on growing the game and its community with new improvements, stability updates, and bonus gameplay content beginning very soon with a special new mission for the Tokyo episode, end quote. Um, Karch didn't expand on what the support uh, from EGS entailed, but talking to uh, VentureBeats, thanks PCGN, uh, uh, he did confirm that the game had performed particularly well outside of the U.S., which accounted for just 25% of its 1 million sales. Uh, quote, overall, the U.S. and EU have been equally strong in sales, Kirk said. Uh, quote, we have... Uh, had 70,000 people playing uh, at once across all platforms with very similar uh, distribution uh, among PC, Epic Game Store, PS4, and Xbox. What surprises us is the fact that sales outside of the U.S. on the Epic Store have been so strong, with the U.S. being only one quarter of the sales, end quote. Uh, Epic Games CEO Tim Sweeney recently said that Epic would stop signing new exclusive uh, new exclusives if Steam quote committed to a permanent 88% revenue share for all developers and publishers without major strings attached end quote and if it did Sweeney says Epic would uh, even consider putting its own games on the Steam store uh, quote such uh, such a move would be a glorious moment of the history of PC gaming and would have a sweeping impact on other platforms for generations to come, end quote. Uh, Sweeney, uh, in th- Sweeney enthused on Twitter. <laughs> okay, so yeah, just kind of a little interesting thing there, um, you know, covering the sales of World War Z, but also this sort of weird uh, Epic Game Store exclusivity thing. Um, so before getting into that, have any of you guys played World War Z or am I the only one here that's played it? Uh, I haven't yet. I've been watching streams optimistically. Like, I, it's something I'm interested in. You know, I'm probably going to buy it. I've just yeah um, haven't yet. For a combination of backlog combined with people saying like, "Oh, it's pretty good now, but it'll probably get better later with patches, etc." Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, anybody else, or just me? Just me, basically. Okay. No, All right. Uh, no, the interesting the thing the interesting thing about World War Z to me is the way that it was kind of the way that it's releasing with Days Gone. I don't know. I, I think it's a bit unfortunate <laughs> in the sense that both of them are kind of releasing at the same time and mm-hmm. they're both zombie games and it, it is kind of, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, weird timing. I don't know. I, I, it, very weird timing. Really weird that it's releasing now. I, I don't know. I thought maybe it, it would release kind of later in the in the year because of like the... Oh, no. I guess it would make sense to release now, right? Because holiday would be too... It, maybe summer would be better i don't know uh but but yeah. i mean whatever they did it's working right i mean they they sold over a million mm-hmm. units so that's pretty cool yeah. uh yeah. yeah so i reviewed it for playstation lifestyle and i wasn't that wild about it uh it, so for me it just basically like felt like you said earlier josh like left for dead but like it doesn't do anything as well as left for dead does it's like a more serious left for dead which i think Part of why Left 4 Dead is so awesome is that it's got this, like, you know, little, it's like a, it's humor, but it's this. Um, it knows its tone yeah, it, very well. And it's it just like this sort of it, like yeah. almost nihilistic humor in a way. It's very like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, we're probably going to die. Like that sort of, like, it's just like this weird humor that I really like. And in World War Z, it's just, nope, this is dark just whatever. But it's like janky kind mm-hmm. of too, which is understandable because it's a smaller studio. But 
I don't know, man. And like the first day it came out, just I couldn't even connect to a game. And you know, yeah. I guess that was fixed later. But it, I, I just, it's a game that I don't understand why everybody's loving as much as they do. When, like you mentioned, David, Days Gone just came out, and you know, people aren't really liking that one as much. And I'm just like, what, what, <laughs> like what? <laughs> why is there such a weird discrepancy here? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I just wanted I, I to feel touch like- on that. I feel like World War Z, and I didn't play it, you know, you would know a lot more than I would, but I feel like it lacks a personality, and I think that's one exactly. of the the, the main tr- uh, drawbacks of the game. Yep. I feel like it's it's based off of an existing IP, so people are already kind of, or, I don't know, IP is the wrong word, it's based off a existing franchise, so, like, people already have a, a predetermined notion of it, of what to expect with the game. Yeah. And then somehow the zombie hordes, I think, work better in Days Gone than they do in World War Z. <laughs> so it's a bit ironic. Yeah. I, I don't know, like, I, it's just and it's, it's weird, just too, because so Left 4 Dead, I mean, even the characters in Left 4 Dead had backstories, and, like, there was there was more personality with Left 4 Dead. Yeah, even. there's not really yeah. much of a story in World War Z. I mean, like, there are, like, little mini-stories with each campaign, I guess, but there's not, like, an overarching story that makes you care about the characters. I mean... Yeah, whereas Left 4 Dead, each game had its own, like, the, this is kind of a journey these characters are going yeah. on. Um, but also, yeah. uh, what do you guys make of this, like, Epic Game Store thing, like, the exclusivity deal? That was very interesting what uh, Tim Sweeney said there, you know, where basically if Steam gave more of a cut to its developers, then, <laughs> then you know, they wouldn't do exclusive yeah. games anymore. That's kind of interesting. I don't know. It's like, I, it, like, it kind of sounds like, it's like, it, it almost sounds like they're doing this. Like, the Epic Store exclusives are, like, out of necessity. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, we have to, because hmm. the, the tyrants at Steam are, you know, not giving developers enough money. Almost like, I, I don't know, like, Epic are, like, the heroes in this, in this scenario or Kind something. of, yeah. Yeah, Tim, and then, like... I, I, I love the way that you, that, that you wait, the way that you said that, because it, it's, it's... It's the way that they're positioning their platform as the hero. I mean, you know, like this is all business here. Come on, let's let's be honest with ourselves. Like the way that they're positioning the platform as the the savior of the PC platform. You know what I'm you know what I'm saying? It's just mm-hmm. I feel like it's starting to actually get into us. Like it's starting to actually we're actually starting to believe it. You know, right. like the marketing is working, and and it really speaks to how well they're they're kind of doing this. I I, I mean I. For one, I'm not a PC gamer, so um, you you take that take that as as however you you want to interpret it. But I feel like the way that they've been doing this with the exclus- exclusivities and stuff like that, and kind of uh, the, they've been making the right moves, and I, I really admire them for that. I do understand the other side of the argument where they you are kind of taking away. From what Steam users are saying, they're saying they're taking away from us and giving it to, to a platform we don't want to use. Mm-hmm. I get that side of the argument, but at the same time, I really, I really do applaud Epic Games for doing what they're doing because, I, I mean, Tim just said it himself. Without, I don't even think you consciously kind of said what you said, Tim, because it's kind of like, do, do you know what I'm saying? Like you, you kind of just yeah. said you're they're the saviors of. You, they're the saviors of the PC platform, <laughs> you, you know, and it, it, you know, it, it's, they're, 
it, they're doing an excellent job. Yeah. I, I really applaud them for that. Yeah. Um, so, and I think having competition there is good, right? Like it'll only make Steam better and that's then true. Steam will get better and then that'll make Epic better, you know, hopefully. Uh, you would think that's how it would work. So, yeah, I'm curious to see how that uh, Epic game store evolves over time and how that sort of forces uh, Steam to evolve as well. Um, mm-hmm. So speaking of evolution and like, you know, sort of a, a business style or whatever, a, a subscription service evolving here, um, we've got a PlayStation uh, Now story here. Uh, PlayStation Now has 700,000 users and uh, use the use contribute to Sony's increase in sales. So I don't want to like dive too far into the numbers here because it's, you know, it's a lot of just a bunch, you know, percentages and numbers here. But uh, I guess the main point is that I wanted to... Uh, get your guys's opinion on PlayStation now and like you know how you feel about it and uh if you think that it's sort of going to be integrated more into the PS5 when it launches um cuz got this 40% uh increase average year uh, average year over year is pretty impressive i i would think um especially when PS now first launched it, uh, the reception to it was pretty lukewarm you know Mm-hmm. If it, it, right. and even lukewarm might be too too big of a praise for it, like people didn't really like it. So, have you guys tried PlayStation Now at all? No. Um, I I haven't. It's not something I'm particularly interested in, but um, I'm glad people are enjoying it. Yeah, it's, I guess it's how I feel about Avengers. <laughs> like, it's not, <laughs> it's not something I'm interested in, but I I'm glad. You know, I don't want to take that away from anybody. I think the main thing is just like the latency, right? But it seems like they've gotten it down pretty well um and there are games on there that are like really fast paced right like there's bloodborne on there and like all these like twitch shooters and things like that where latency definitely matters um but i think it still comes down to your internet and you know it's Uh still there there could still be a situation in which you're playing this game and it just does not work as intended um but that's cool yeah the thing the thing that i've noticed with playstation now is the marketing behind it again i'm a marketing guy i'm from pr i do pr and you know that's the way i think of things the the way that i've kind of noticed about it is that they kind of been they they haven't really been advocating and may correct me if i'm wrong here but i don't feel like they're catering towards us like toward hardcore audience here i feel like it's always like kind of an addendum to like playstation view Mm -hmm. or like you know, within the PlayStation ecosystem, when I whenever I boot up my PlayStation Four, it's always like, okay, this is like some one of their services. Like it, it's like PlayStation View, as I just mentioned. Their other stuff, I don't, I don't know. I, the other stuff, I don't care about. I feel like this is something for like mainstream audiences somehow, because I, I don't yeah. know a single person who uses PlayStation now. Seriously, I don't. Like even with uh, within my my hardcore gaming. Uh, of friends like I, I don't friend group I don't know anybody who uses this service so who's doing it like I, well, <laughs> you know like I, I, it's 700,000 people are doing it apparently but I'm with you I, I, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I'm totally ingrained in the PlayStation ecosystem I work for a PlayStation website and it's not official play, PlayStation but you get what I mean and, right. and I've never tried it right like <laughs> I don't <laughs> I have no I have no uh, desire to even try it and maybe they'll integrate it into PlayStation Plus which would, I think would be really oh. cool uh, I would love that. Yeah, then I think it would get more people on board, um, or even just a different tier, you know, for like an because that on, honestly, I've considered trying now, but the price point. Yeah, Game Pass is ten, Game Pass is ten bucks a month if it's not on sale and it goes on sale right. frequently. 
PlayStation Plus is like what twenty a month? Or I'm not Plus. I'm now. sorry. Uh, yeah, now. I think it might be twenty a month. Yeah, yeah, like that's always been why I haven't tried it. Is whenever I look, I'm like, oh, I you don't. You can wanna, do it. Uh, no, I think I if you sign up for a year, it's less, like it per month. I, maybe don't quote me on that i don't know what the price is but i think you're right though but what it boils down to too is we consume stuff differently you and i and you know david and tim right and then the price too i think it's those two things right. combined i just yeah um you know. and then so i mean that's cool Seven hundred thousand users that, that's more than i thought would be using it right but yeah i don't know i mean when you compare to how many playstation plus subscribers there are it's like you know it's uh, yeah. They're very. There's a big discrepancy there. Um, you, you, we even have more people using Nintendo Switch yeah, online. Exactly. Oh my god. <laughs> the PlayStation yeah. Now. Oh my god. That's, that's a, a great point thing. you bring up. Um, what about you, Tim? Uh, are you a PlayStation Now fan, or is it just kind of meh to you? Well, I, I don't. Uh, I, I never had a PlayStation. No. Yeah, so I know. I'm totally but like, not in that. It, what um, about the idea of streaming games to your home console? Is that something that you think is viable right now because i'm i'm of the mind that i feel like we're not really there yet you know um and is that just because of like like why is that do you think just because the internet isn't great um especially right. in the in the u.s yeah. you know like yeah if you live in san francisco or in new york or wherever you know these big cities the internet's fine but if you live where i live uh the internet's fine Definitely not. I, I wouldn't trust it to stream games, you know, and there are some like maybe 20, 30 minutes away from me. There are places that maybe don't have Internet at all. So it's like that's why I think mm-hmm. something like PlayStation now only has 700,000 users. It's just the Internet around here isn't great. And yeah, maybe in other countries, the Internet's a lot better. Um, but it, if it's so dependent on your location, you know, I just don't know how viable that is now. I think it'd be great if on the PlayStation 5, and we don't know this for sure yet, this is me speculating, I know we have PS4 backwards compatibility, but it'd be really cool if we had full backwards compatibility and they were able to do like Game Pass does where like you're playing the game on your system and you download it. Yeah. I know that kind of would change how it works, but I'm saying I think it'd be it would work well, better. Well, I think you and it'd be more can successful. download some PlayStation. You can download PS4 yeah, 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 games, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But oh, I see what you're saying. Older games. Yeah, yeah. yeah if yeah. they could do it where you could just well, everything you're playing, you're downloading. Yeah. I think it would work yeah. even better. Because even if you've got slow internet, you could be like, well, I'll download this and play right. when I get home. Yeah. You know? So it's just you, a weird you've, thing. You've got to think that that with the PS5, they're going to integrate this the PlayStation now somehow to make it more kind of. Uh, of, of a selling point for the PS5 because I feel like the PS4 they tried to do that because they Sony had bought that streaming service that was PlayStation well, I forgot Gaikai I think it was online Gaikai right? yeah Gaikai how do you remember it was Gaikai how do you remember that wow that's crazy I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was Gaikai yeah and and uh, yeah they had bought that right before like a, only I believe it was a year before and then they integrated it somehow and then they wanted to push it. But then it, it kind of just died, and I feel like with with uh, Xbox with with Game Pass and stuff like that, and even Google. Not only that, but you got to keep in mind they have competition with Google Stadia now, right? And uh, and and what was another 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 streaming service, right? That's trying to be like the Netflix of gaming. So you gotta you gotta think that they are going to integrate this more heavily with the PS Five. I just don't know how. And it would be interesting to see. I see ads for Game Pass constantly, like constantly, right. like mm-hmm. on TV. Like more at my wife's parents' house when, when t- the TV. I don't watch TV, but like at their house, TV's on. I see Game Pass ads, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. They like I just I I don't know if it's intentional or if it's unintentional, but they don't market 
now that that often right. see ads for it. I think they're 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 either rebuilding the infrastructure or they're they're finding a way to integrate into PS5 somehow. I mean, yeah, it, like it just seems obvious to me with with everything going on now. Personally, I do not like the streaming stuff. I'm with you, man. Like I live in Brooklyn in New York and even my internet, internet here there? sucks. No good, huh? It sucks. There are dead zones. There are dead zones here. <laughs> I'm serious. And that's how that's just how it is right now. We're not there yet. Even around the world, you know, th- th- we're just not there yet. So I I do feel this being an e- eventuality, but this is something that is a discussion, a point of discussion many years from now. Yeah. Um I I don't think that uh is something that's very relevant to what to to the industry today. But it's something that they need just because they need to stay relevant. I mean, they need they themselves need to stay relevant amongst the among the competition because Xbox, you know, Microsoft is doing it, Google is doing it, so that means they got to do it too. Right. And it's just interesting to see how how they're going to do it. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm curious mm-hmm. to see how that's going to turn out on PS5. I hope it's going to be better. And yeah, surely the internet around the world will be better um, as time goes on, and then maybe it'll be more of a prominent thing. Um. Right. So, yeah, let's cover one more story here, and then we'll take a break, come back, talk about what we're playing, and then we'll say goodbye for the day. Uh, This is sort of a hefty one to end on here and kind of a bummer to end on. Um, So this is from uh, PlayStation Lifestyle. This is from Zarmina, who's our weekend editor. Um, And this is uh, pertaining to Crunch and Mortal Kombat. Uh, Former NetherRealm devs accuse management of harassment and poor working conditions. So again, this is kind of a lengthy one, um, but let's get into it. Uh, it reads, quote, Over the past year or so, we've heard a number of harrowing stories revolving around working conditions in the video games industry. From Rockstar to Bioware, Epic Games, and beyond, numerous accounts of crunch and harassment have often accompanied AAA releases, and they only seem to be increasing. And this is me talking here. Um, I don't know that they're increasing, but our our maybe our knowledge of it is increasing. I don't think that just suddenly... Uh, developers are getting treated like shit i think they've pretty much always been treated this way and now we're only you know sort of uh, sort of uh, learning about it um but let's go on here let's move on um Mortal Kombat developer NetherRealm Studios is the latest company to come under fire for questionable management practices severe crunch and harassment among other allegations Quote, I crunched for about four months straight. Uh, a former QA tester, Isaac Torres, God, that's crazy that they're using his name, <laughs> um, told PC Gamer. Oh, I guess he's former, so that's fine. Uh, um, quote, I was regularly doing 90 to 100 hour uh, weeks and worked every single day. I know someone who stayed on the couch in the office to not risk falling asleep while driving. End quote. The crunch was reportedly so severe that it wasn't unusual to see employees sleeping at work and walking around in pajamas. Holy shit. Quote, uh, on Mortal Kombat 9, Crunch officially began uh, after New Year's Day 2011, uh, said former software engineer James Longstreet. Quote, I took one day off uh, between January 1 and the uh, and the day the day one patch was approved. It was my birthday and it was on a Sunday, so, uh, so it was okay if I was just on call. I was allowed to go to a friend's wedding, on call of course, on a Saturday night after working an eight-hour shift first, end quote. Another former employee spoke to PC Gamer on condition of anonymity and revealed that they and a co-worker filed a formal complaint against NetherRealm with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. However, lack of support from other co-workers who were scared of repercussions, along with NetherRealm hiring lawyers, uh, resulted in the case being closed. Jesus. Um, Quote, we brought up the harassment. Um, 
the secret nicknames that the that the devs had for all the female employees, the uh, singling out that we experienced, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They added uh, in response to their complaint to the EEOC, NetherRealm didn't renew the employees' contracts. A number of other former employees have also come forward on Twitter over the past week detailing their personal experiences of working at the studio and corroborating the aforementioned allegations. NetherRealm and parent company Warner Brothers have yet to comment on the PC on PC Gamers report. Oh, God. Um, and there were also a lot of other uh, comments that were made, but we don't want to report on those yet just because they haven't been substantiated. Um, but the, those things could be really serious, so we'll see what happens with that. Anyway, um, yeah, man, this is just a big deal right now, and I'm really glad we're learning about it, but at the same time, it's just, like, scary to, to see. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to throw this over to, uh, to you guys and see what you thought about this. Uh, Josh, what, I mean, what do you make of this story? Uh, these things, they, they really bum me out, just because I think they only happen because of the system we have. I think, th- I think development could, could be changed. And I think these things wouldn't be necessary. There is a way forward, I think, without having to have this kind of crunch. I think it's just been kind of a um, publishers need games up by a certain date, and then they rely on the loyalty of their employees to get it done. Um, and like, I think it's just kind of how it goes. But I, I think there is a way around it. I think just in the way things are set up right now, I think they're necessary. Which is because it's just this is how the system works. But I, I think I think it could be changed um, without going into too much detail. You know, we've seen Respawn talk about that with um, Apex, where they're not going to be doing that, and I think that's great. Yeah, I reported on the uh, the Fortnite crunch story last week, and, and that it, was in that in that particular instance, it really sucks because Fortnite is a games as service, which means that there are constant updates, like almost weekly, right, or maybe even more frequent than yeah. that. So, th- from their point of view, they're always crunching. It's not just. At least with single-player games, at least there's like a, well, we just have to have a shitty life for six months, and then we can yeah. stop. Well, yeah, yeah, and but once you bring multiplayer or whatever, you know, games of service mantra into it. Yeah, it, then that's it. That's just, just how it is. It's consistent crunch, and there's just like, I don't know how they fix it. I mean, yeah, unionize, I guess, right? But like, I don't know how that works, really. Like, Well, maybe Tim Sweeney and his billions of dollars could help find a solution. <laughs> yeah, I don't God. know. Um, uh, what about <laughs> you, Tim? What do you make of this story? It's just crazy like i can't imagine doing that myself I, oh my I god right survive that <laughs> I, did you I, did you see the reports of the the epic the fortnite stuff and you know obviously like the bioware stuff did you see all of that uh i didn't see the fortnite stuff i, I saw like some headlines but mm-hmm. um what, what was what was the deal with that well like, same pretty was... much same deal like just consistent crunch um and once the game blew up, Fortnite, uh, they just tried to hire more people. But then because they were so busy, like, keeping up with the updates, then they didn't really have time to train anybody. So then there's just this, like, constant, like, people quitting or whatever because they aren't trained. And then contractors not being uh, not being renewed for their contracts because, you know, it's just they don't have the same benefits as other people do. And it's just this, like, constant, like, people leaving, people uh, – staying at the office for 10 12 hours and then of course that thing we hear floated around everywhere like well if you don't like it just kind of yeah well what if this is what i want to do you know like i should be able to do this job without killing myself so that that was the Fortnite thing um but yeah man i just it makes me feel really bad and especially like from a consumer point of view like playing these games it's almost like rewarding the shitty practices right like 
I'm not going to not play video games, right? But, like, a part of me is like, fuck, like, do I do I not buy the game to, like... I see something like <laughs> this, and I go, well, I guess I'm buying it pre-owned. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I don't know. You know. I mean, I don't know how... That's what, that's a drop in the bucket, I guess, because everybody still buys new. But, like, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I feel you. It's it, it makes it really complicated, like, from, a, from my point of view. Like, as a consumer, like, I just feel bad supporting it. So... Mm. And then also on what you were saying, Joseph, it also makes it complicated too. Because like, I would like the this game to be successful for all this hard work they put into it. Like, I wish they didn't have to do this to make this game, but like, I'd hate for it to be right. for nothing. And then, and what about you, David? Did you did you see the reports on the uh, Fortnite stuff? And what do you make of the the Nether Realm situation here? I did, I did, uh, and and I've been following these types of stories for a while. Um, you know, even back, Amy Amy Heading oh, yeah. said something about this way back when. Uh, this was about I don't know, maybe five years ago. So this is something that's been. I think you 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 said this earlier. This is something that's been kind of uh, endemic to the industry since it's. Well, I think since the the inception of AAA development and stuff like that. So I feel like, and I don't mean to be heartless here, but I feel like it is something that is just part ingrained into the into game development unfortunately for 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 right now i feel like it's something that's almost inevitable because like i mentioned i believe earlier this podcast like i do work events i do work things like that but i know people who who do it you know full time uh and they're always on call they're always you know they're working that amount of time every week and they just do it because they love to do it you know this isn't something that's only found in video games this is something that's found everywhere uh, in in mm-hmm. events in in you know in in all these types of the, these other industries so it that's not to say that it isn't bad i mean i i i do feel for these people and i you know i can't imagine not having a life like that because i i love my <laughs> i love my life outside of you know video games i do and uh, i love having a, an identity outside of these things yeah, exactly but at the same time at the same time you know it, it is that's art that's kind of how art is at at the moment you you're kind of a slave if you want to be making want to become very successful at it you kind of have to uh, for lack of a better term sell your soul uh you know i i think i think i would be able to get on board with what david's saying and, and then like i agree with you but like i'm saying i could be able to be, i could i could double down on that if, if you will mm-hmm. if the this this money was kind of um being seen by the people that are sacrificing their souls for these Fortnite updates and these games. You're right. But instead, a, a lot of this money just sits with the, with the publisher and with like the, you know like the Ed Boons out there and the uh, Tim Sweeney's. You're not really seeing this like so the people that are putting these 80 hours a weekend, they're probably still getting home and like oh crap, there's not a lot of food in the fridge type situations. And I just it'd be a lot easier for for me to accept the selling their soul for the game if they were at least like seeing bonuses and like substantial payouts for this hard work but i feel like we're not seeing that mm-hmm. on top of on top of that we're also seeing an influx of uh, contracting right. work you know where they're really not exactly. seeing that. yeah i i feel like but i, I agree with you like mm-hmm. it, it does it, it is a common thing in art you know it, i feel like the lack of transparency is also something that's endemic to the video game industry we don't know right we, we really do not know a lot about this industry it, it, even as journalists yeah we don't it takes when you think about it it, it takes somebody these, like these... Jason Schreier, like digging, right, talking with all these people uh, who mm-hmm. don't want to be named, 
to 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 get these stories. Yeah, and even out. then, it's scary. Like they can't talk. They're not supposed to talk yeah. to them. Yeah, you know, they they these these couple these publishers, and it's not just the publishers; it's the, the developers themselves. They hold the cards very close to them to to their to themselves because they don't want to reveal a lot about their their secrets and stuff. And and it is it does have to do a little bit with their artistic vision and stuff like that. But I really think it's it, it's more about pride. It's all about ego and and in in those cases and. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't feel like it's something that, again, going back to my earlier point, I don't think that it's only video games. I mean, like, if you work for, if you work for an event company that does you know uh, food festivals every so often, every you know spring spring and summer season, for instance, that's when they don't sleep, you know, and they're flying to to wherever all over the country, even out of out of the country to do these things, and they're you know they're not they're not sleeping at all. But this is that's just how it is, and I, I, it's not that I don't feel sympathetic. I do, I really do. But you have to know this going in. Yeah, I mean, you have to know that this is something that is expected from you, and you have, and also you have to know that. There's going to be your boss. Your boss is going to be making many, 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 many times more than you. You know, especially if you're only five years in. Yeah. You know, five years in the grand scheme of things is nothing. It is nothing. Yeah. Okay. Like, seriously, it's nothing. So, like, if you've been in an industry for 25, 30 years, okay, then you could start rallying behind that and saying, I want a better wage. But if you've been there for five years and you're fresh out of college, eh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, it's a very you know, complicated so issue, and I, I it, hope it is. We learn it more. is very complicated. I hope we learn more about it. Is it is very complicated. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's uh, let's move on here. Um, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we'll finish up with what we've been playing, and then you guys can talk a little bit uh, about Avengers, and then we'll call it a day. Does that sound good to everybody? Woo! Cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right, everybody, and we are back. Uh, so we're going to touch on what we've been playing here. I'm going to throw it over to David first, if that's okay with you. Um, yeah, what have course. you been playing recently? I've been playing a lot of Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, I platinum it, actually, uh, not too long ago. And it's just one of those games where I really love the lore behind it. I really love the world building. The story, not so much. I feel like I got lost a little. Yeah, it's a little um, weird. <laughs> But but the lore and the robots themselves are very cool, very interesting designs. Aloy is a very interesting design too. Um, yeah, it, it's something that I, you really lose yourself uh, very fast. I feel like, and uh, it it's something that really sticks with you, especially in the sea of sequels and remasters, and yeah, et cetera, et cetera. What an interesting so, idea too. Yeah. It's like post-apocalyptic, but it's like post post-apocalyptic almost, right? Like. Yeah, it, yeah. You don't see that. It really day. is cool. Really cool. Yeah, and and the whole robot thing, the whole robot dinosaur dinosaur thing, sounds really hokey, but they found a way to make it work really well. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm really glad that they did that. Right. Yeah. And did you play any of the um, Frozen Wilds? That's what I'm gonna get to uh, very soon. I, I'm I'm looking into. They have new uh, 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 robots in that, right? I think so. Yeah, and then it's obviously all snow and everything, and the snow is yeah. gorgeous, of course. Such yeah. a cool game. Um, yeah. That's 
Yeah, that's one that uh, I never actually finished, um, which I know is terrible to say. <laughs> uh, I got maybe like, I don't know, 70% through and I'm just like, eh, I'm distracted by everything else. So I, it is mm-hmm. one that I want to go back to. Um, you mentioned that you platinumed it. Uh, how difficult would it. you say that platinum is to get? It's easy. It, oh, easy. it really isn't that hard. Yeah, it, it's kind of like a Ubisoft game. So, you know, you find all the things, you do the little things here. and You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, you you go to the outpost, you find the outpost. It's out- like a checklist. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. That's an excellent way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Easy. Yeah, I definitely want to... I haven't actually played that yet, but I've been, I have been—I own it, and I've oh, been told man. it's really good. You need to play, it. to play it's it. So, it feels so good, and it's so gorgeous. It's very it's, good. It's very just like, I don't know, you don't see something like that every day, like I mentioned before. It's. I think my problem for me is it came out... I don't remember how close, but it came out close oh, to yeah, Breath like of the Wild. Within the and same those games week, were similar within the enough. Same week, yeah. 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 That was the problem I had, too. I got uh, uh, Horizon, and then like a week later, I got Zelda, and I'm just like, fuck. Like, I can't. I have to yeah. pick one, you know? Mm. And like, sure, they're different, but they're similar enough where you're not going to play them at yeah, the same time. Exactly. Yeah. You know? That's a good point. Cool. Uh, yeah. So you've reminded me that I need to go back and platinum that game. So I appreciate that. Um, Ooh, interesting. Course. Um, and then what about you, Tim? I know you've been, you haven't maybe gotten into some of the new releases, but you still have been playing something that I find fascinating. Uh, what have you been playing recently? Uh, well, I've just, I've been kind of busy with other things. So I, you know, I pretty much my standby thing is Minecraft. That's um, awesome. Which I, I've been coming back to it more frequently in like the past maybe one or two years but even before that it was something that I've always intermittently come back to mm-hmm. like pretty much since like 2011 um, yeah for me it's like I'm it's like it's obviously really built for creative minded people and I'm, I'm definitely creative minded so for me it's just it's really awesome and they always seem to be adding new things and updates and things to mess around with so it's just it's really great for me personally cool and and you were mentioning earlier that you do like what what is it that you were doing like you said something with like mods right what do you what exactly yeah so so i'll I'll try and explain this so there's like (laughs) so there i mean obviously you guys all know like what mods are you know they yeah they you know they modify the game you know with coding type things and there are there are mods for Minecraft, but then there's like, there's something called data packs, and those are, they're basically mods, but they're vanilla mods. So like, they use, there's sort of like a pseudo coding language within the game, and you can use that to add things to it without actually messing with, like the Java code of Minecraft, if that makes sense. Yeah. So. So one really good example of that is um, someone was able to recreate the entirety of Pokemon Red in Minecraft, and you could actually play it, like, on a screen, and it had, like, I mean, you could, it was literally just a translation one-to-one of, of that into Minecraft, and you could just play it in Minecraft, which is ridiculous yeah and and so does it look like pokemon or does it look like minecraft no it's like sprite work everything like it's it's they made they like made a model of the old school game boy and on that screen you're actually playing 
just legit Pokemon Red. That's insane. And could they do that with, like, anything? Like, could you take, like, the Bloodborne assets and put them in the game and, like, (laughs) do something like that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it would obviously be a lot more intensive, but... Yeah. Maybe to some extent. Maybe in theory? In theory you could? Maybe, but it would... (laughs) Yeah, that would be that would be ridiculous. I, I think yeah. that the Pokemon Red thing took that guy like almost two years. Um, Jesus, and that's obviously a, a lot more basic with just sprites, which just I think works better. But right, um, huh. yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy. People are people are very creative with that. Yeah, and hopefully that guy has a job now doing that professionally, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> that'd be kind of cool. Interesting. Um, yeah, that's way out of my league in terms of like creativity, but that's really cool that you can do. That. I didn't. I didn't even know you could put mods in the game that would like uh, replicate uh, other assets and things like that, other sprites and you know other games that kind of thing. I didn't even know you could do that. So that's really cool. Um, okay, and then uh, Josh, I know you've been playing uh, Mortal Kombat 11. Right? Uh, do you want to talk a, a little bit about that? I know we just kind of like. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of felt like a journalist again for a minute. I used to, of course, you know, write for websites and stuff, but I don't do that anymore. I kind of felt like that though, because I, I uh, went and rented a game right when it came out to, you know, yeah. check it out to kind of see how it was, and and, and I, I kind of brought back memories of like, oh, I need to finish this whole game in two and a half yeah. days somehow. Um, I didn't do that, but um, I did. Uh, I probably put like I don't know five or six maybe seven hours into mortal Kombat 11 um it's it's hard to say usually the xbox keeps track of that but it's not one of the stats that mortal Kombat 11 like allows for i don't know anyway some games don't but usually they do but if i had to guess probably seven hours um it's really fun so far um i checked right before we started recording to see i've i'm about a third of the way through the story and then i've also done a couple of uh online fights and then i've also done a little bit of the uh I checked the crypt out, and then I also did a little bit of the tower. Uh, tower is kind of like a almost like a boss rush type mode. Um, it's probably a more uh, uh, appropriate term for the fighting game genre. I just don't know as much about fighting games, but it's it's kind of like you're you're fighting these people in this order, and there's modifiers, and that's where some of the criticisms stem from because uh, those can get really difficult, I guess, and you almost need to have certain modifiers to do well. Um, and then the crypt, I've not I've done a lot in there, but it seems like it's just a place you walk around, and spend coins. Um, it's neat <laughs> to control a Mortal Kombat character, like in a in a Destiny Resident Evil kind of style camera. You know, where like the camera's right behind you and you're walking oh, around. Interesting. It's kind of neat, but that's pretty much what it is. You're just kind of progressing through this area and opening up chests. Um, and and then of course the story mode's crazy. Like it's it reminds me of like playing Budokai too back in the day, where like like it doesn't feel like an afterthought. It feels like a lot of thought was put in the story, which. Uh, forgive me, I haven't really, like, invested a lot of time into a Mortal Kombat game since, like, the Genesis. So, the other ones, I, between between this one and, and, and back then, I just kind of played a little bit here and there. I didn't really, like, get invested. But this one, I was like, I'm going to check this story out, because I kept hearing uh, some of the people I follow on Twitter talking about how fun it was, including uh, Grayson yeah. um, over at Twinfinite. And so, I, you know, I, I made it a point to check it out. And, like, yeah, it's really cool, without getting into too much detail. Um... There's like a, a time thing that happens, and like uh, Mortal Kombat, uh, the Mortal Kombat characters, um, past selves and, and current, you know, or depending on your perspective, future selves are working together or against each other, and that's really interesting. Um, it adds an interesting dynamic because they can kind of do commentary on how the characters have changed. Oh, that's really that, that can get really cool. I think probably right. Like, yeah, yeah, and it, it is really cool. And then like, 
there's also a part where uh, I think his name's Luke Cage. He's he's talking to the past self of his wife, and um, I'm, I'm not tr- I'm trying not to spoil, but it, she ends up dying like almost immediately in the in the, the current future whatever version of her ends up dying almost immediately in the in the game. So it's a pretty if you've played it at all, you probably already got it this part. Uh, she she he's like talking to her like nothing's different and then she just kind of looks at him and goes i'm not your sonya like that's that's not who i you know that's not who i am and he was like oh sorry i forgot you know but it's 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 interesting i like that because it provides uh interesting story dynamics but it also provides like an interesting meta element so uh, um so and then uh the topic earlier about the you know the skins and all that could you could you mm -hmm. find any like definitive way to just go in and purchase skins or like how does it didn't that work? seem like it? It seems kind of like you're just buying it. I didn't look too much into it just because I'm not that interested in it. But it seemed like it was kind of like a kind of like Black Ops Four and Destiny Two. So um, oh. what's that oh. two shop called? We're like these items oh, are available right now. So like uh, you would have to wait for for like the new for it to refresh. That's what it seemed oh. like. Yeah, it seemed like there was a couple of items available and there's a story fresh. Interesting. Uh, other than that, you're just kind of buying random stuff what it seems huh. like that's okay because the reason i asked is because it uh the whole six thousand dollar story thing like i yeah yeah i mean that's 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 the take that's my takeaway that's what it seemed like i could be wrong and if i am someone let us know on twitter but that's what it seemed like to me was like these items are available right now okay, okay. um and then of course there's like the crypt where you go unlock like boxes and just get a whole bunch of random shit um it's definitely neat um i'm not usually into fighting games like we've talked about in past episodes growing up it was like should i get this giant rpg or should i get street fighter you know they cost the same so i uh, you chris and i talked about we kind of gravitated towards other games um but i mean it's it's interesting um i'll probably buy the well actually earlier i was saying i'd probably buy the hundred dollar version when it's on sale sometime but after i looked into what that version entails it doesn't look like it'd really be worth it for me so what i'll do is i'll probably buy the sixty dollar version when it's like 40 bucks on sale because it's definitely it's if you're into fighting games at all or especially if you're into mortal Kombat, um it's it's really good um what's there there's some issues with it and hopefully they you know patch yeah like i mentioned etc but it's it's good they're going to update the the crypt and the towers of time or whatever to make it less yeah yeah okay yeah so yeah i mean it it, and it just came out and it's already it's fun it's worth playing um i I red boxed it to check it out for a couple days i did like the seven dollars for three days thing and um and it's definitely uh on my like i'll buy this at some point list you know and what platform are you playing on xbox Uh, Xbox. i was thinking of getting the switch version but i heard yeah, I was too, but then I saw yeah, some. Yeah, I heard it's like <laughs> saw it some stuff look on as it. Good, but whatever. I don't know. I mean, I'm not one who's like. I, I think I think it'd be a really good secondary yeah. version. Cool. So what I'll probably do is grab it pre-owned on Switch, like you know, with my GameStop card for like you know thirty, forty bucks sometime, you know, right. kind of thing. But like, uh, yeah, definitely worth playing, and it's. I think it's worth noting. I'm like mildly interested in fighting games. I love Dragon Ball Z, so I usually just check those out, and then of course Smash Brothers is is fun. But I, I have a very passive interest in fighting games, and I find a lot of enjoyment cool. in it. And then, um, were you playing anything else that you wanted to talk about? Oh, I've been doing my I've, I've I've been doing I'm doing a full playthrough of Alan Wake and streaming it on Twitch, and then archiving it to my YouTube channel. Um, I'm like a couple hours in. I've played Alan Wake before, but I thought it'd be fun. Yeah, to what replay an interesting it. game. It's, uh, what, I, yeah, it's it's very very fun game. It's one of those games where I'm like, why isn't there a sequel to this game? Yeah, like, well. I mean, they had American Nightmare, but that's kind of like a I 1. think we'll 5. see it again. Remedy is doing uh, Control right now, so they'll, they'll finish that up, and maybe they'll yeah. move on to Alan Wake. And, like, 
they've already i don't want to ramble but like they've already shown over the years like like there was an interesting long read with polygon where like they showed concept art from alan wake 2 microsoft just wasn't interested in funding that at the time which i mean i you know i don't want to just defend big business blindly but like in microsoft microsoft's defense i don't think alan wake was necessarily like a, a yeah. huge seller yes i mean i get it it's fair but like now we're kind of in that part where like microsoft needs exclusives you have a developer that wants to make this game let's fund it let's see what happens right. you know but um yeah so i'm enjoying replaying that it's a very cool. fun game a very interesting right. game um yeah that's that, that's an interesting one for sure i would love to see that again um, so yeah, let me uh, touch on a little bit of what I'm, uh, what I've been playing, and then you guys can talk Endgame, and then we'll we'll call it a day. Um, so I've been actually playing a lot, and I wasn't here on last week's episode, so I like have more to even talk about. But we'll maybe push some of that to next week because I know we're running long already. I really want to hear a lot about yeah, your number yeah, yeah. one. Like I'm very yeah. So in your thoughts. Uh, I played a little bit of Far Cry New Dawn, which is just mindless you know just fun just it's like a comfort food so i'll talk about that next week yeah after all uh, that, play yeah. dreams um which i have a lot of thoughts on um eh, i don't I, I feel like that game isn't going to sell well unfortunately but i'll talk about that one next week uh played cuphead and that game is incredible the music is I'm so good and i'm, I'm so bad at it and josh maybe if you can if you can give me some tips on it sometime that would be great because i am so bad at cuphead um did you change your controls? Uh, no, I don't think so. Because the default controls are I, shit. Like, no, I don't think I did. Uh, okay, I'll send you that article. Polygon did an article around the Xbox when the Xbox One version launched, and then they bumped the it for the Switch oh, release. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you. But like, yeah, the default controls. I mean, I mean, obviously, somebody could say, "Well, I've been playing with it. And I'm fine." Okay, that's that's you know, sure. But like, there's a better way to okay. change the controls. Yeah. But the main one I wanted to talk about was Days Gone, and um, obviously, like this is the the new um, PlayStation exclusive open world zombie game, um, and you know, it just came out on Friday, I believe. Um, I think you mean free thinking. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Um, and uh, I wanted to touch on it, obviously, because it just came out and it's sort of a hot topic at this point. But but also I wanted to touch on it because um, of the divisiveness between the reviews. So a lot of major publications have been giving it sort of like five, sixes, I maybe sevens, you know. And there's all this talk of just like disappointment with it and how it does all these things wrong. And I'm playing it. I'm probably about like 10 hours in or so. And man, I'm like really enjoying it. Um, I think it's, I, I just, I don't get it. I don't get where all the hate is coming from. Like uh, I'm, I, I went into it not expecting something of the quality of God of War or Horizon or even like, you know, something of the quality that Nintendo does. Like, and, and that's enough for me, right? And like, it's just, I just think it's really interesting. Like, um, you know, you you go. It's like a like a Ubisoft checklist game, like we talked about earlier. That's what it seems yep, like. Like for you me go so to far, the bases yeah. and you you know you capture them, you uh, check off the boxes, you upgrade your character a little bit. Uh, not like in the traditional sense of like an RPG, but you like you find these like upgrades around the world, and then you uh, level up your camps, which then you, you can uh, then you can buy better weapons to upgrade. Uh, to, to to use against the enemies and then you can upgrade your bike like there are all these things that are like propelling you forward and man it is like so gorgeous this game uh, the the foliage is beautiful and like the trees and the lighting i i really i mean i think GameSpot gave it like a five i really don't i feel like that is like so totally i don't know man like i don't know i, I don't want to say it's wrong because it's their opinion right but god a five i just feel like is not 
Right. For me, it, I mean, I've only I played less than you, but for me, it feels yeah. like a seven. It's, it feels yeah, like it's pretty and good. Like, it's fine. And like I wanted to bring up this topic too of like these re- like the 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 way we perceive review scores, right? I I, I tweeted out this thing. It was like uh, a ten is great, uh, a nine is good, a seven is okay, and anything below a seven is trash, right? Which is how <laughs> like, so many people treat yeah. the review scale. Play skill, a yeah. game that's a five. Play a game that's a six. Why? Like. What's wrong? Even play a game that's a three and laugh about it because it's not great. Like, that's fine. Like, why? Like, what? You only can play games that are 10 out of 10s? Like, I don't know, man. Like, so I guess um, uh, that that sort of... The front, the, the conversation around, around the score is... Uh, rea- the, the, reaction, the reactionary conversation of the score right. is very frustrating. Like, um, as people who either write about games or, or, in my case, have, you know... Yeah, yeah and Chandler at PlayStation Lifestyle gave it a nine. And like he loved it, so I'm just like sitting here, like, how can there be that much of a of a difference in in like usually when a game comes out, the reviews are around the same place, right? But, yeah, yeah, within within yeah, a number, but like, like you know, within but, one, yeah. Ah, man, I I just I don't know. It's very very interesting. Um, I think what it is is just people are so uh, their minds are still on God of War and Horizon, Persona, all these exclusives, you know, and uh, Spider Man, you know, and and then Days Gone mm-hmm. is just like not. It's they're not. It's not as good. And I think people were expecting a God of War, Last of Us like quality game, yeah. and so they played this seven out of ten game and they gave it a five. It's kind of and again, I don't, I do not want to say, and I am not saying that the five out of ten is wrong. That was their opinion, but I'm saying I think that's kind of what is what is kind of hitting. I think that's what's. I think the hype of Sony's quality is kind of what's driving the. Um, the negativity mm-hmm. you know like like you said there's something wrong with a six or a seven out of ten right. game you know yeah, it's just i mean obviously there's, there's there might be some flaws that's why it's a seven out of ten but like there's nothing wrong with you playing can still it. play yeah. a game that's yeah and it, it could still be really fun i mean i i mean ubisoft's got a lot of like cookie cutter style far cry ish like games and they're, they're they're fine yeah, they're fun absolutely and i mean i'll throw a podcast on i'll play something like a like Assassin's Creed Black Flag, and I'll have a great time. You know, is it going to like change my life, like The Last of Us, or like, um, you know, uh, like Halo Three or God of War? No, but like it's fine. You know, here's something that I just found out about this game, which is very interesting. Of course, it's going to change. Detroit Become Become Human has a 78 on Metacritic, and Days Gone has a 72. So it's not it's it's right there, and and Detroit is like. People love that game, you know, and, and the perception behind it is amazing. Like, people love it, right? But Days Gone is also very similar critically. It's been received similar. I mean, I, I suppose if Metac- if Metacritic is any indication. So... My uh, my audio cut out, David. Could you repeat what you said? Did you say that Detroit wasn't received well? I don't remember. No, it was received. I mean, it according to Metacritic, De- uh, Detroit has a 78, right? Mm-hmm. And Days Gone uh-huh. currently has a 72, so they're very similar uh-huh. in 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 terms of critical reception if you if you judge it all overall. But yet the fan reception to this seems like De- like Detroit is a much much better game. Yeah. Than, and the critical reception mm, makes it makes it out to seem that Detroit is a much much better game than 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 Days Gone. You know, this being said, Detroit is a very different game from Days Gone for sure. You know, I I I, I totally admit that, but. I don't, huh. I don't understand why why we're at this point where we think Days Gone is completely, you know, 
terrible game, and it's something that's very unprecedented from the PlayStation library when Detroit came out less than a year ago. Right. You know, that's a great, <laughs> that's a really good um, comparison, I think, because I think a lot of people didn't like Detroit, but a lot of people did. So it's right. kind of divisive, just like. Just like yeah, I, I think when we were doing our game of the year discussion, I had that towards the top. Chris has Chris had it like towards the top. And I think I had it at the. I, don't it, it, I think it was in my top five, um, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all we all really liked it, but we all liked right. it differently. You know, that was that was decisive, but not even remotely as decisive right. as Days Gone. So yeah. right. So I guess my my overall thoughts. I definitely think it's worth playing, um, and uh, I wouldn't. I would play it despite the reviews for it and make your own. Uh, decisions on how you feel about it because uh, I just I, I don't know that it I don't think it's a five like I'm just gonna say that I don't think it's a five I don't I, it's not gonna it's not a ten I know that it's not gonna blow your mind or whatever but I do think it is worth playing and if if you're in the mood for like a Ubisoft style checklist game go around the map and do all the things definitely I think it's worth it I think that might be part of it almost too is how often do we see Microsoft and PlayStation and Nintendo do kind of a third party? And I'm not putting down third party games. We've got some incredible third party games, but I'm saying we we how often do we see a th- a first party release kind of um, have the same kind of quality as like a, I'm just gonna say Far Cry. I love Far Cry, so I'm not trying to like yeah. you know, disparage it. But I mean, we don't. I don't think we're. I don't think we're used to that. I think we're like, oh, this is first party. This is going to be incredible. I think we're used to kind of seeing that. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, Crackdown Three or Days Gone, and and full disclosure, I enjoyed Crackdown Three, but I would say Days Gone is 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 definitely better. But I'm saying I think I think when 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 one of those kinds of uh, games happens from a first party uh, development cycle, I think it kind of can cause uh, more more, um, right. more 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 divisive decisive more divisiveness mm-hmm. just because like. People are either uh, more upset because they feel like they were let down, or they're like on the other side. They're like more like, "No, this game's awesome. You shut your yeah. mouth." You know, yeah. like I almost wonder if that's part of it. Is like this is because I, I almost wonder if this is a third party game. Would it have been Maybe. received better? I don't know. So you know, like if Ubisoft released this, I wonder if people would be like, "Dude, holy shit!" Yeah, Ubisoft is it. like, yeah, killing it. That's a great yeah. point. That could be. Um, so I'll report back next week. I'll probably have it at least close to being finished. I'm about maybe 10 or so hours in. So I, I think I have a lot more to go. But yeah, I definitely really, really like it a lot. Um, I think this game does have some focus points that don't look good either. Like, like And I'm not saying like it, they're bad, but like I, I saw that dialogue from... Uh, I don't have the context, but he was oh, at his yeah. wedding, I'm assuming. Like the, I, I, th- I think that the, this game's got some sound bites that just look like, like, really, dude? Like, yeah. they just look I want you to ride me like your motorcycle. I think that's great. I think that's funny, and I think that gives the game personality. I don't know. I don't think... I, I think it's funny. I'm just saying, I, I think out of yeah. context, that kind of those kind of bad. sound bites yeah, yeah. definitely kind of throw fuel. Yeah. So, yeah. Spoiler. It was really, really good. I really liked it. Um, I would recommend everybody go see it as soon as possible. Not only because it's great, but also because I'm seeing all kinds of articles that aren't even remotely Avenger related, and people are just spoiling the game or spoiling the uh, That's right. story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's really one of these these movies that uh, is it the greatest movie of all time? I don't think so, but it's one of the one movie that you that you really need to see in the theater because it's one of mm-hmm. the greatest like theatrical. 
experiences that you could have, I think, in, in within the past year uh, uh, outside of um, Infinity War. I, I feel like it's just mm-hmm. it's just meant for the big screen, for that surround sound yeah. experience, and with other people who are, like, yelling and screaming and, like, jumping out of their seats and stuff like that. So definitely go see yeah, it. Yeah, I saw something on Reddit where people were saying, people don't actually do that at movie. And I'm like, I saw that at, at the Avengers, like, throughout the whole movie. Oh, I saw yeah. cheering, I saw... I saw jeering, I saw booing, I saw applause. Like it was really fun. And this is a like a cultural like touchstone, even if it's not your That's jam, right. it's an important movie. Yeah. You know? I mean it's it's like what, eleven yeah, years? Like exactly. in the 11 making? Years. Iron Man came out in two thousand eight, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. So yeah, so and it's then, definitely go see so, it. Yeah. yeah. What what about somebody who has not seen any of the other movies? <laughs> there's a there's a couple you'll have to see, I think, for you to get the right enjoyment out of it. I think Polygon had an article where they were saying you and NPR kind of uh, uh, mirrored them. You should definitely see like a, the definitely see the at least the other Avengers movies. You know, like the Avengers one and then Age of Ultron and then Infinity War. It might not be called this, but it is part one of this movie. Right. Um. This picks up right after that. It's they're 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 connected. Um. And then I also think it'd be important. I mean, honestly, you could probably get away with just seeing the Iron Man movies and like um. Maybe Iron Man three. The Avengers movies. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I don't know. I, I maybe Iron Man three. Well, the first Iron Man. Yeah, you, you got to watch that because it, it, you, <laughs> I think you I don't probably, know. It's they've hard. They've done a good man. job of being like Robert Downey Jr. is what's selling tickets. Let's yeah. make sure the important de- beats are. Yeah, in there. yeah. Maybe like the first Iron Man, the first Avengers, the the second. I don't know about Age of Ultron. That one's kind of. Eh. You could probably skip yeah. Age of Ultron. Yeah. Okay. So you could probably do Iron Man one, Iron Man three. Avengers one, um, Infinity War, and then of course um, probably I'm gonna say Captain America two, yeah, and like Guardians you, of Galaxy you guys one. Aren't, good one. You guys aren't really selling me on this. That's like 15 hours of movie <laughs> I have to watch. <laughs> but like those are good. But like, but like, it's not like you'd watch those. But like, man, those sucked. Anyway, like you'd enjoy those movies. If too, you want, like, you know? if you want, like an eyegasm, like if you want, like your eyes to just be like, holy shit, and just have like a really roller coaster ride with this thing, then just watch. Yeah, just go watch. Just it. watch like Infinity War. Like, just binge it, like Infinity War, and then watch this back to back. Like you're gonna be like, whoa! Like your eyes are gonna be like in in Yeah, and Infinity War is on Netflix, so buy your exactly. tickets and then watch Infinity War right beforehand. Right. Yeah. yeah, there you go. And without spoiling anything, dude, I'm not even kidding. The combat and this—it feels weird to call it combat, oh. but like we're thinking from a gameplay perspective. Uh, the combat in Endgame, there was parts that reminded me of Dragon Ball Z, and I was like, this is fun. That is kind of cool. Oh, it was so good. Oh my god so good i saw some facebook comment on an ign article and they were like this movie had no action i was like what the fuck are you talking about this movie had so nah, much action no nah, no nah. um but yeah okay so yeah just i mean uh david's right you could just watch part one and then go watch the, and you'd still enjoy it you just certain things might not yeah way it, it won't as have much, a, as much you know? emotional impact for sure but like if you just want it to be there just to, for the experience and you know just to know what all the cool kids are talking about just why you know just watch infinity war and then watch this okay that's all yeah. all right yeah. um i think that about wraps up episode 20 so typically when we end the show we plug and you know say say where you can find us so uh uh josh uh, where can people find you on the internet uh at mr josh nichols on twitter and then uh twitch jerk jerk 77 and then i also and one of the co-hosts of Actor Quest. Oh, are you? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> hmm. 
and then, like I said, obviously Chris has been out this episode. Uh, he has the daunting task of editing this. So, so uh, yeah, Rip. Um, you can find him uh, on Twitter at Penwell Writes. Um, and then... And then, yeah, and then, um, so, uh, what about you, uh, David? Me? You cut out there, oh, sorry. yeah, I said, what about you, David? Okay, you cut out there, sorry. Uh, yeah, so you could find me on Twitter at Xenocreator125. I think I'm on Instagram, you can find me at Xenocreator125 there. <laughs> I think, I think so, I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I write for Game Revolution, I, I believe you mentioned before, at the beginning of the podcast, uh, you find me there. I usually write art- features every week or so uh and keen gamer too i'm writing news articles there cool and, and, then you and also I'm, have a podcast. I'm the co-host yeah i'm the co-host of the the time hop podcast along with tim who's also awesome here. <laughs> and then tim where can people find you uh well i, I do not have any social medias what <laughs> well um, you're the you're the co-host of time hop podcast right i am uh and i awesome. also write so, at uh keen gamer as well nice okay and I'd like to encourage our listeners to check out Time Hot Podcast because, like, they've got good stuff. Especially, I mean, it, they have a retro flavor. Like, they're typically covering uh, game news and retro games. But, like, um, I, I, I listen to uh, Retronauts and I also listen to uh, uh, Watch Out for Fireballs. And I would lump you guys in with those two podcasts where, like, you guys have a good take on older games. And it's, like, enjoyable whether you've played them or not. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. I, I, I really yeah. appreciate it. And I, I'm really looking forward to you, to seeing you guys on the show, too. Uh, I believe yeah, that'll be Chris fun. is going to do Ape Escape uh, next week. And then in two weeks, I believe, Josh, you're going to do uh, Wolfenstein. Uh, the, yeah, I'm very excited. The, the New Order. Yeah, so that, it's going to be really exciting. So, yeah, I, I encourage your listeners to check us out. And, and uh, it'll be fun. We'll have, we'll have a really good time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then for me, uh, you can find me on uh, uh, Twitter at uh, Joseph Yaden and, of course, on PlayStation Lifestyle covering news and all this stuff, uh, reviews, art- you know, a bunch of different articles. Um, I don't have anything immediate planned for this week uh, that I'm publishing, but there probably will be some story that blows up or whatever with a weird tweet from a developer. So, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> something, yeah. Um, oh my god, Josh, I see you editing the doc there. Don't... Okay. Alright. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, that's been episode uh, 20 of Active Quest. Thank you all for joining us here. Go check out uh, Time Hop Podcast. The, yeah, we'll, we'll make sure to link, too, to make it easier oh, for you guys you. just to yep. click right on so, it. Alright, take care, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Active Quest. I just wanted to let everybody know that we are now on iTunes. Just search for Active Quest and you'll be able to find us there. Just remember that leaving five-star reviews is super helpful with the iTunes algorithm, and it helps us get discovered and find new listeners, so we would appreciate that as well. I'd like to thank my co-hosts, uh, Chris Penwell and Josh Nichols, for being awesome on the show and for editing the podcast as well. And of course, the listeners. You guys rock. I really appreciate all of you. I know there are a lot of video game podcasts out there, so it means a lot for you to give us a try. Thanks again, everybody. Take care.